whole lot. Trial tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna tell me. But they don't be gonna never tell me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they fell me. And I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and dinky Company, what do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. Everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this. I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and dicky signs. I love myself, but they can do what they want whenever they want. I don't mind. I love myself. Frustration, keep y'all on tuck and rotation. I duck these cold faces, post up, be five, four, four faces. Dreams are reality's peace. Blow steam in the face of the beast. The sky can fall down, the wind can cry down. The strong in me, I still smile. I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and Coming to you from the depths of space, time, and the continuum. What is the deal? This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 70. We're doing things a little bit different this week. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to make it a little bit more underground. Uh, I'm joined this week not with the bumbler and fumbler of words, Stubby Stan, because he is on vacation on uh, the West Coast. He's hanging on the best coast right now. Uh, but I am joined with... The man, the myth, the legend, the minister of no finance, the man who brings you the GLG, the gaming looks good, the science looks good, the STEM looks good, everyone's kicking, I am chilling, can I say top billing, Sharif Bartholomew Jackson, how are you sir? 
<laughs> That's good. Always got to break those out. Um, I'm good. The, the, the only thing is that I don't have a Khalif looks good. I wonder why. Um, you know, everything else I do, but I specifically left out you, sir. That's messed up. But I don't know what to do about that. I'm also a little uh, suspicious about this Cicero vacation. I don't think that Bracago actually let people out. So I mean, he's not getting paid. It's not paid leave. No, but I I, <laughs> I was well informed that if you try to leave Bracago on a plane or any device, we'd be shot down on site by the Bracago military. It's so, like it's so, like Cuba. <laughs> so like I don't know yeah. if like he went out on like a tire in the, in the, <laughs> in the ocean or if, or if like he has like some kind of like like out of the beginning yeah. of Last of Us, he kind of had to sneak to the outside these underground tunnels. Like I, I don't know, but Cicero, Rory McIlroy, Elian Gonzalez, Holmes. Oh is his new name. He you was so excited during E3 when EA talked about <laughs> McElroy. I couldn't believe He was it. so hyped. He was so hyped. It was funny because we, we have like this weird side chat with uh, Paris from uh, Gaming Tag Radio. So shout, we, out. shout out to Paris. You are the worst fire team leader in, the, in all the fire team leaders. No, I'm just playing. Oh, Hashtag. Oh. Help! Help! Oh no, is there some destiny frustration? Yo, okay, so there's no frustration, but before we get into that, because I kind of want to talk about it, we'll talk about it in in the what we've been playing section later on, but we're going to get back to that, Um, because there there is some really funny stories to be be told, actually. Um, But before we do that, we do some house cleaning in the beginning of every show, um, and we want to give a huge shout out to Austin C. Howell. Uh, TJ Thomas and Zolani Stewart for sharing all the dopeness that they did with our um, ADAF uh, show episode 69 um, that's going to be coming up at the end around the end of this month uh, so you're definitely going to want to check that out so thank them for, for coming through to Chicago and hanging out with us because they were super dope um, and uh, yeah I still can't believe that they put together like anything in a few days like even though they had like you know a basic yeah. little conference, I can't imagine putting together like anything <laughs> in a few days. So I was like blown away by the momentum that they were able to gather. I'm glad yeah. that uh, you guys ha- had them on the show. I thought it was a great discussion as usual. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it was. I'm happy to finally get a chance to kind of speak to them because I'm again, like I said in the episode, super impressed with what they were able to do in such a short amount of time. It's so hard you know we in the back end of doing spawn for good we're hustling our asses off for like two months kind of off and on and then everything kind of came together in two weeks but their whole (laughs) thing came together in less than less than a week um so it's amazing and they did an amazing job so i'm I'm hoping that everything uh with this next endeavor is going to be extremely dope um so that's one thing. Uh, we do have a, a mini announcement that'll, that'll be uh, up uh, on the site on spawnon.me. Uh, we are moving our fundraising efforts over to Patreon. Um, I want to thank first everyone who contributed to our crowd crowd rise fund. Um, every person who donated money, who gave us a good word, who shared the, the fund going out. Um, I want to thank you all for that because they were some 
really amazing um, folks who spent their hard-earned dollars to make sure the Bacago was growing. Um, but we're going to move some of that effort over to Patreon uh, so that folks can do smaller versions of a donation. We want to kind of do it in the way that's, you know, super small. Uh, I would kind of rather lots of really small donations. I want this to be like the Obama fundraising efforts. Yes, for his, for, Yeah, for his... Oh, shit. <laughs> I kind of want to do it that way. Yes, we can. Um, Naksu cow. Um, yeah, I, I kinda, I, I'm kind of hoping that folks will do like massive dollar donations. Like a whole bunch of people donate a dollar. I'm like, hey, there are at least a thousand people who follow us on Twitter on that account alone. If every person sent us a dollar a month, that would be freaking amazing. So yeah. um, I, I must say, as the minister of no finance, I'm not really a fan of you trying to raise actual finance. <laughs> I feel like that invalidates my title. And like, what the hell am I going to do if there's actual finance? The minister of no finance oh, has no job. Like, you can be the minister of STEM finance, maybe? I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. I just feel like if you actually get finance in the minister of no finances terminology, that's like embezzlement or something. So be <laughs> careful. Like skimming off the top. Be careful. That's all I'm saying. Word, word. Um, so thank you to everyone who listened last week. Uh, thank you to everyone who donated. Uh, thank you to everyone who keeps supporting. We've had a lot of new followers on both my personal account and on the SOM spawn on me account. So, um, again, thank you to everybody for, for rocking out with us and being super dope. Um, so, uh, let's get into it. Um, episode 70 is, is cause not crazy. That number. I just said that number yeah. out loud. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy to think about because I remember when we were just talking about the basic foundations of, of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you and Cicero just got together and just have been knocking it out of the park. And I'm glad to be, you know, um, kind of batting clean up on a lot of the stuff. And uh, yeah, 70 episodes, man. It's dope. And, you know, like the followers keep on growing. It's so funny because, like, when I meet people at conferences or like or whatever, you know, I used to have people that just knew me from my science stuff, from my gaming stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's people that know me just from Spawn on me. Or that's like, nuts yeah or like i'll get comments on my youtube videos like hey i heard about this from spawn on me or something yeah. like that so yeah it's it is growing i think that obviously the guests that have been on the show have been extraordinary and will continue to be extraordinary um so the industry knows and the journalists know so you know we there's still some magic here that no one can duplicate. It's and because be a we part of black. No. We, are, <laughs> we are magical Negroes. Magical Negroes. So, so I, I, I just brought a rat back to life yeah. earlier this morning. <laughs> Let me find out. You know? <laughs> Let me find out you're an alchemist and a sorcerer on the side. I know. And, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have a really elderly Tom Hanks that I made almost immortal. Um, <laughs> chilling on the couch right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary as hell to know that that's that. real. Hey, Tom. I'm watching him in the, in the camera right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So speaking of things that are actually growing, and thank you for, for those kudos. That, that means a lot. Um, you've been a, a really big part of, of our success, so thank you for that. Um, but you are not batting just clean up on our squad. You are like hitting home runs with your Gaming Looks Good uh, uh, YouTube series. It's been doing extremely well from what I hear and from what I see from both your numbers and from the kind of uh, discussions that are happening around um, all the work that you've been doing. Your off-world piece, this has been doing pretty well and doing crazy. Uh, gaming looks good is doing nuts um, and I think before we talk about your latest we should run a quick promo so that everybody knows what the good deal is what's up y'all this is Sharif Jackson host of gaming looks good a YouTube series where we focus on diversity in video games race gender and sexuality check out the full archive of videos at gaminglooksgood.com Word. So, you want to you want to give a little bit of a, a synopsis. You want to give a little bit of, of, of goods for the for the latest gaming looks good. Yeah, sure. I'm just getting over hearing myself talk, which was kind of weird. I was like, who is that person? Um, <laughs> yeah. So 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 the latest episode um, of, of Game Looks Good, which is episode 14, um, I did on the episode the episodic series by uh, Don't Not Entertainment. Life is strange. Um, which is the most recent episode um the basic story is it takes place at at a high school um and there's some uh supernatural activity going on so kind of you know in the um you know in the same tone as shows like Buffy and uh, that kind of stuff where you have people dealing with average teenage angsty problems plus crazy supernatural problems mm-hmm. um the, this uh game really delves into that um and in this latest episode there's a couple of um trends that i saw one is that the dialogue is really bad um and i know <laughs> that um tying the past for my need diverse games has been hammering on this for for uh for a long time but it finally hit me this episode there were some times where I just had to shake my head at the uh, dialogue um, and also that the men in the game um, so like uh, you play a uh, you know a, a teenage girl in the game so most of the game is about the inter- interactions between you um, and your female friends I mean there are some uh, young boys in the game but, but they kind of uh, you know they don't play as interesting of a role but the male characters the uh, older male characters like a principal who's a black represents son um, (laughs) and there's like a teacher and there's a stepdad um, and there's the uh, father of one of the characters and they all kind of fit really nice and packaged into these stereotypes so I found it interesting that the male characters didn't seem as nuanced um, as the uh, female ones, which is, you know, it's usually the other way, right? Right, in, right. In in these games. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily see it as like a victory because the victory is that everyone is nuanced, you know. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it was like refreshing to see um, that change because it's not something that I see a lot in games that the female characters are more flushed out and interesting when compared to the male ones. So um, yeah, it was 
You know, it, I, I'm still enjoying the uh, series, even though, like I said, like the dialogue seems to be getting worse every episode. Um, but the uh, ongoing story and like the twists and the, the um, decisions that you have to make continue to uh, make me want to drive forward. So uh, definitely check out the uh, the uh, video. Um, of course, there are some spoilers. So like if like, you want to be incredibly, you know, if, if like you're sensitive to any kind of spoilers, I would say probably don't watch this if you haven't played it. Right. Um, but it's not a traditional like review, so I'm not going to be covering like you know too much in spoiler territory. But depending on your sensitivity, I would uh, be careful. <laughs> I mean, is it is it something that you know you've been playing? I think all you've played all of the episodes at this point, right? Yep, yep. I have played them all, and uh, episode four should be coming out soon. And can't wait to play. Has it, has it been, because um, I don't want to get into spoiler territory either, but have you found that at least the, the, the consistent themes have been just that? They've been consistent throughout the story as far as like characters kind of representing that teenage angst and that teenage kind of um, temperament and, and everything in the game so far? Yes. Um, I think with the main characters, yes. Um, so like, so like the, there's like sort of two main characters. There's like uh, your character, Max, and, 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 and there's her friend, Chloe, who used to be best friends with her, but she kind of moved away and they kind of lost her contact and then she came back into the story. So I think with those two, um, definitely consistent things with the other characters kind of all over the place. Um, this is really a game where the focus is more on the main characters as opposed to having a really strong supporting cast. Um, and that's a little weird for me because usually I prefer not only games, but you know, books and movies and like a TV where the supporting cast is usually what gets me going, even if the main character is like, you know, not the best. Um, mm-hmm. So like this game definitely flips that on on its head a bit. There are some side characters that like you can tell they're trying to make important, right? But, but their stories just don't just aren't as uh, as uh, good, and like they're they just don't hit me the uh, same way as the main two characters. So it's really like the adventures of, of them and then exploring sort of boundaries of like friendship and like sexuality and gender um you know and yeah it's it's just really cool and you know i i really think that our medium is really hitting a high point when you have games like this and games like um like the season two of the walking dead where like where like you're playing as i as as a spoiler alert, I guess, um, <laughs> where uh, you're playing as uh, Clementine. Um, you know, I never thought that there would be games where you play as young girls that I would actually be able to really feel and connect. Um, but I think that you know, the fact that like we have two kind of cri- critically acclaimed games to do that. Um, it really gives me a lot of hope, you know, that um, our industry is going to continue to grow. 
That's awesome. That that means a lot to hear you say that because I'm 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 finding that you know that is a section of the kind of gaming community that games never really focus on, and to hear that they're doing a fairly good job with that seems to be kind of uh, great to hear. That's, yeah. that's pretty dope. Yeah. Now I will say with a caveat, this is in the indie space. I'm not sure mm. when the AAA space is really gonna start doing that i mean you did see it you know obviously with games at e3 like uh, horizon and uh, blind eyes and that kind of stuff where it did look like that like you know with these big triple a games that typically market to such a fixed sort of young white male demographic that they're kind of scared to include like women as a protagonist you know i think that you know we're getting there but it's definitely going to be proved out in the indie space first um before the uh, big studios want to, you know, take a quote-unquote risk at losing their mark, their uh, target market, mm, uh, right. you know, but by like including those crazy emotional women. <laughs> oh uh, God! So yeah. yeah, yeah, good. That's 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 good to hear. I'm happy to hear that that is like really a thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like we'll have at some point our Twilight version of that, and then it'll all go downhill from there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. New Moon. Oh yeah. God! Actually, the fact that you knew that makes me disgusting. Well, I, I will give you a uh, a, 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 a Shreve Jackson exclusive because I'm not ashamed. My girlfriend <laughs> and I, but my girlfriend owns Twilight. I had my doubts about it. We sat down and watched the entire series. It's, it's not that bad, man. Damn, you're alive to tell the tale. That it's, is wonderful. It's not now. I will say, New Moon is really bad, but. <laughs> Twilight and Eclipse and Breaking Dawn parts one and two, man. Yo, yo, Breaking Dawn is pretty dope. <laughs> wow, it's pretty Hashtag. dope. Hashtag. It's, yo, Hashtag. We've said, said Breaking Dawn is dope. Breaking Dawn, yo. Anybody that's seen Breaking Dawn, especially part two with the little twists that they put in that, uh, you know, in that movie. Now, like I haven't read the books or anything. But, Spoilers. But uh, well, I, I I won't say what the twist is, but if you've seen it, you know what, what, what I'm talking about. As long Turns as into a l- German Shepherd puppy. <laughs> as long as you can deal with the fact that um, this dude Jacob is like shirtless almost through the entire series, um, and that Edward, the main uh, vampire guy, is sort of like this brooding, like mumbling kind of emo vampire. Um, you know, that was definitely annoying, but the actual story that they told was, you know, it was, it, it, it was pretty good. So basically you just said that break, it's breaking dawn. That's right. You know what it is. Don't try to fake fake what it is. You know Yo. what it is. So you basically just said that breaking dawn is a mix of Mad Max and Magic Mike all together. <laughs> That's what Actually, that is, basically. I, I will say, like, the uh, <laughs> the uh, actor that played Jacob probably would go right into Magic Mike and not, like, e- even miss a beat. Oh, my God. That's not, that's, oh, this makes me sad. It makes me sad for the world. But you know what? I Because I'm a person who believes that you have to kind of give things chances, I will figure out a way to get my wife to watch it with me. And we'll sit there and laugh and cry. And then I will send you a shitty text message after all that stuff is over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 
I definitely laughed a lot. I mean, there's some really bad dialogue um, and just really just, I mean, you know, it's made for, you know, for the why for it's the kind of YA that I feel like is, which is young adult for those not in the, uh, no. <laughs> um, this is the kind that was like specifically targeted to young girls. I feel like so, so a lot of the dialogue and the, the situations, you know, are dumb, but the overall story is, is good. It's okay. Good. All right. So that kind of that kind of leads directly into our first song of the show, because uh, this will be me after I watch these movies. I will be on the ledge uh, with my boy Rakim. Uh, we're gonna run our first joint. This is our underground radio show. I kind of dig this. This is gonna be dope. I like uh, this too. Exclusive, 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 exclusive on WSOM. This is Rakim's with Know the Ledge. Sip the juice, I got enough to go around And the thought takes place uptown I grew up on a sidewalk while on street talk And they talk to Hulk New York I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn They money in Manhattan and never been took it Go uptown to the Bronx and boogie down Get strong on the island, recoup and lay around Time to build my juice back up Pop that up, suckers get smacked up Don't doubt the clout, you know what I'm about Knocking niggas off, knocking niggas out Shaking them up, waking them up Breaking them up, breaking them up Standing on shaky ground, too close to the edge. Let's see if I know the ledge. Corners trifling, shorties here. I get cocked deep, living 40s to beer. Here's a sip with a crew that's deceased. If I get revenge, then they rest in peace. Somebody gotta suffer, I just might spare one. And give a brother a fair one. Stay alert and on fees. And I do work with these, like Hercules. South Pole, split your right jaw, cause I don't like y'all, I'm hyper nightfall, smooth but I move like an army, pull a poop down, face brothers try to bomb me, put brothers to rest like Elliot Ness, cause I don't like stress, streets ain't a place for innocent bystanders to stand, nothing's gonna stop the plan, I'll chill like Pacino, kill like the middle, black Ambino, die like a hero, living on shaky ground, too close to the edge, let's see if I know the ledge. Around on the battleground, dead bodies are found throughout the town. Try to put shame in my game to make a name. I'ma put it on a bullet, put it in your brain. Rip the block like a buckshot. Who cares where it goes? Just keep the cast closed. No remorse when the life is lost. I paid my dues, paid the cost. And my pockets are still fat. Wherever I'm at, I get the welcome mat. You never know, sleep with one deep. I attract attention, people like me. So come say hi to the bad guy. Don't say goodbye, I don't plan to die. Cause I get loose and I got troops and crazy juice and control of many like I am told of many hang out with people west don't try to play me I'm at war a lot I don't want to die but no war in the shop I cut his warm a lot when I cook beef the smoke will never clear areas in fear but this is severe living life too close to the edge hoping that I know the legs you 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 are listening to Radio Bricardo S-O-M word so um DLC DLC is a thing. Uh, shout out to Jeff Kanata and Jeff Spicer. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna give them a quick shout. I, I think you meant Christian Spicer, but I'm oh, sure shit, that did I just called him Jeff. I think Jeff would love it <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that there's double the Jeff on the show. That's true. Double, double, double Jeff. Double J Jeff 
Spicer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer. Sorry about that, Christian. Yeah, I, I know you. I know you're listening. That's not true. Um, maybe. Anyway. Um, so you brought up a really good um, topic in our docket this week about basically how quick or how soon is too soon for DLC to come out for, for games that are coming out. And you want to want to give a little bit more of a, a rundown on, on what that and why that was on your brain? Yeah, man. So DLC is one of those things that, you know, a lot of people complain about, but it's just a necessary evil in this industry. Like, we're going to keep demanding bigger and better, you know, production values in these games, you know, without raising the price point of the games. You know, DLC is just going to be a reality. So I'm not really arguing if DLC should exist. I think it will, or else we're going to start seeing, like, $90, you know, base games or whatever. Right. Um, But this came to mind because... So I've been playing a lot of Arkham Knight, And, you know, it just came out maybe a week ago and they've already, you know, announced that the first batch of major DLC is coming out, you know, on the 14th, which is, you know, a couple of days from now. So that's basically two weeks after the game is out. The first, you know, main part of uh, DLC is out. And, you know, I understand that, you know, games, you know, they, they like go gold and then they have to do all the manufacturing time and then their release so like they were obviously working on this DLC probably during that gold time but at the same time it just felt kind of weird like I feel like the game didn't really have time to breathe mm-hmm. before the first batch of like DLC is out which probably assumes that you've already gone through the main story now I was I was able to beat Arkham Knight because my girlfriend was out the country <laughs> so I was able to spend an entire weekend non-stop basically playing that game but um, naked in your drawers in a, in a bowl of cold fl- corn, corn flakes. I actually, I, actually, I actually ate through a lot of these Trader Joe's ginger snaps. Oh, <laughs> they are so good, man. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, so, so like, you have that. And, and, and then you also have a game like um, Splatoon on the Wii U, which basically every week they've been dropping either a map or a new set of, like, a weapons or, like, a new game mode. And while, you know, it's exciting and it keeps people coming back and it keeps them in the news, it still makes me kind of think like, you know, is this really what I want to see out of all of our games? I mean, I kind of really think that a game should come out and kind of, you know, at least get a couple of weeks to breathe, maybe a month. And then you start talking about like the next phase of it. I mean, my guess is that they do this because they know that they don't want the hardcore gamers to just beat it and trade it and just kind of be done with it. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I don't know. I It just feels like we're just on to the next thing so fast um, that I think it could either make people rush to the game or maybe not have the experience that the, um, you know, that the developers intended. So, so like I was wondering, you know, you know, do, do, do you kind of like this more like, fast uh, release of like DLC or like do you prefer it to be a little more spread out I think it depends on the DLC itself right so it's like if you have um, like I know there's a mix in Arkham Arkham Knight where it's like yes you open your box and you get uh, the Joker stuff and you get Harley Quinn stuff yes uh, and then the other parts of it are mostly cosmetic 
the thing that here's the thing that bugged me out actually is when I started playing it. And first of all, um, thank you to you for suggesting that I actually play it because I was really not excited for this game, and I started playing it um, a little bit, um, and I'm super excited. I'll talk. I'll, I'll say why in the in the upcoming segment. But um, the thing that bugged me out was on the screen in the lower right hand corner. They're like, oh. You can buy six months worth of downloadable content up front. I mean, it's a it's a season pass. Yes. But to understand that you already have all this extra stuff ready for me, I don't know if that necessarily makes me excited because I'm just like, this, this game is, is finite, you know? Like, it has an ending. What else are you going to try to put in here that's just going to be extra fluff that I don't really care about? Um, and I guess it depends, again... One on what it is, two what kind of game it is. Like, let's let's talk about um, The Witcher in that respect, right? So The Witcher, way before the game even came out, said, "Hey, we're gonna drop like seven or eight DLC packs. That's gonna be story content and other stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that made it dope was like they were like, "We're gonna do it, and it's gonna be free." They said yeah. it right off the bat. They said, "Okay, you want cool stuff? We're gonna make cool stuff, and we're gonna do it, and we're not gonna charge you for it." I think you can have a lot of free DLC up front or you can say, hey, we're going to do half and half. We'll do some of this is free stuff in the beginning that's going to come out either fairly new or fairly late. I would kind of prefer later down the line that there would be some more free free stuff in there, you know, mix and match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, uh, it depends. There's so many kind of. Uh, intangibles in there that, that will make me either think that that's a good idea or kind of a crappy idea and, and Arkham Knight is one of those kind of clear cut cases where they talked about their DLC how much it was going to cost and that was a determining factor of me saying I don't want it mm. you know what I mean because it was really expensive I think it was like 40 bucks yeah. extra on top of the already 6501 that you have to pay you know that's New York sales tax Oh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it depends on, on a whole bunch of stuff. What Do you think that at this point, you know, announcing that you have DLC before your game even comes out is a detriment or is it a boon to, to the game in general? I think announcing it is fine because it's just more the release dates that I'm concerned with. Because like you can be working on something for, you know, a long time. Like I don't. I think that they should have an idea of what DLC is before the game comes out. That should be part of the planning when they're creating the, you know, like the main game. Um, but but it's not the announcements. It's it's like I I don't think like this Batgirl DLC. It looks awesome, but I feel like it's just coming out so soon, and I know it has to be because they think people are just gonna you know take advantage of that GameStop deal that's like get $40 if you trade this thing in before like the 22nd of July like they're really trying to keep people in now the funny thing about it is that the DLC you know I don't know how much it costs without the season pass but if you have the season pass first of all you're not gonna trade it in because why would you have the uh, season pass to begin with right and if you don't have the season pass if if you were gonna trade it in to get money, is paying for a DLC like that wouldn't change your mind, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. you got it for free, it would, but this isn't free DLC. Like you have to pay for it. 
Right. So, so I think that, you know, it's kind of flawed if that is their reason behind kind of rushing this out because, you know, just, just I just really think that, you know, the average, well, all right, not the average, but there are a lot of gamers that are, you know, of our age, they got jobs, they got families, like they're balancing these games out with a whole bunch of other responsibilities like give us time to finish these games (laughs) like before you come out with the dlc like i feel like you know a month is fine right um and i'm trying not to speak you know just for myself um because i understand that you know there are a lot of people especially in the console space that they get a game they beat it and they're like what's next you know I kind of would love to know what the Chicago community thinks about that. I would, you know, once this once this goes up and you all hear it, um, yeah, tweet at us about that because I would really like to know your thoughts on, you know, how you view DLC right now because it changed a lot in this generation already. You know, last generation it kind of uh, kind of came in at the tail end when people didn't really know what they wanted to do with it, and now where it's been commonplace to just see DLC be talked about way before you know it it used to be just the um uh, pre-order incentives but now it's not even that it's like okay you have this pre-order then dlc comes out two weeks after the game is out yeah so so yeah i'd like i'd like to know what people think so so shout at us and you know send us comments on the site and, and and all that stuff but um I wonder if okay. So here's a good question: What was the best DLC that you've played in the last, you know, in the last couple of generations? Um, I would say uh, Lair the Shadow Broker for Mass Effect uh, Two. Ooh, that's a good answer. Um, that was. I mean, I love the Mass Effect games, um, but I didn't find I didn't start playing them until right before Mass Effect Three came out. Right. Um, because, you know, at, at that time I was pretty much a straight, like, I was a PC gamer, and even though the games came out for um, for the PC, I don't know, something about them, they just seemed like they were kind of like, well, they're shooters, they're like RPGs, and I kind of didn't really know what to make of them. Um, and, I, and, and I didn't play Knights of the Old Republic, so I wasn't like a Bioware um, fanboy, but now I totally am. <laughs> I would be if Manvere Hair wasn't working for them. Yo, he's Mr. July, man. Don't mess with Mr. July. Man. Mr. Mr. July had no ketchup on his hot dog. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Just saying. That sounds like it could be like completely dirty, but I'm assuming that you mean actual. Uh, I mean, he had a hot dog in the picture. It's not like he was naked or something. Okay, I'm just saying. I don't know what I don't know what calendar you have. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Exclusive DLC calendar with Memphis. <laughs> yeah, so so I really like that. Um, I know a lot of people say like Minerva's Den, um, Bioshock Two. Yeah, that's true. It. I don't know. I, I I honestly don't see what people see in that one. I mean, I don't think it was bad, but I, I just I just wasn't as impacted by. It. I was much more impacted by the first. Uh, Bioshock Infinite DLC, which was Burial at Sea Episode mm. One, mm-hmm. um, I thought was just excellent. That was um, phenomenal, and I was really looking forward to it because, because I was like, "Hey, I'm going back to Rapture and this new engine and these new like mechanics and all that stuff." And I thought it worked out really, really well. So um, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I really, really liked the. Um, 
one of the Battlefield 4, um, no, actually, was it 4 3? I think it was 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that was called Close Quarters. Yes. Um, it just had these, like, kind of like smaller maps that were, like, in buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, you kind of had these, like, maps that were kind of like Call of Duty ish, except you had, like, 64 player <laughs> maps. But it still worked out pretty well. And it, right. it felt cool because, like, you would just, like, assault a room with, like, 20 people, you know? And. <laughs> And like hide behind couches and like have somebody doing like sniper fire fire. So like it like kind of brought, you know, the action of Battlefield 4, which is like really spread out, which is great. But you really felt like, you know, you really felt like, yo, I'm gonna take over this building. Mm-hmm. And I thought that like that was really, really cool. Um those those are the ones that really come to mind. Yeah. I would I would jump in and add that my favorite one that I've played in a while was the Left Behind. Um, oh yeah, one that. from The Last of Us. That was phenomenal. I think that added. See, see the thing that DLC when people talk about it, I wish that they would talk about more is value added. Right? It's like that DLC fleshed out all the characters in that game in a different way that it it actually made the story better. You know, actually, it finished everything. You were like, "Oh, okay, this story is done. That's cool." There are throwbacks to, to the conversations or things that happened in the game itself that you were wondering where what it, where it was going. But this DLC actually pulled that stuff back out and said, "These are things you should be caring about. These are characters that you should definitely be caring about." And also, it was like a little bit of an origin story because uh, you see a lot of games that try to do that uh, prequel kind of uh, kind of move, and it doesn't really work as well as usually so. Uh, Left Behind was was really dope. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that's another game you know where you play as a young girl and you're able to connect, you know, with her. I mean, mm-hmm. so so like that is actually a triple A game. So, so so I will take back what I said about it only being endings. Ha ha! Um, I, I wanted I wanted to wait and, and say that so I could. I get slayed. Um, I your point with facts. <laughs> <laughs> and and also I will say I, if if you haven't played it I won't spoil exactly what happens but the arcade scene in that game was probably one of my top gaming moments in a long time. Mm-hmm. The scene you have in the arcade was just I just almost couldn't believe what was going on. So I, it was I, so good. It reminded me of Breaking Dawn. It was so good. Part one or two? Part two. Yeah. Where his, where his whole chess meet was out. <laughs> Well, well, it was out, so you're right. <laughs> oh no, I uh, know. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get mail. People are gonna be like, "What the hell's Kai talking about this week?" I mean, like, I think you're gonna get a you're gonna get a whole bunch of like, Team Jacob or like, Team Edward. <laughs> like, which team you want, son? Yo, the one, the one with the black dude on it. Oh, so Team Moon. You see, that's how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Word. So, yeah, I think, yeah, again, I think I want to hear people's uh, ideas and and opinions on that um, and talk about that. Um, The thing that we talk about often is the the lack of diversity in the game space, and we talk about that often enough that you probably are not sick of it yet because you know that it's around. Um, That's how we do. Word. Uh, but you went to a pretty dope uh, get-together and conference over the past week, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure, yeah. So I, so the uh, Games Learning and Society uh, 
also known as GLS, um, has an annual conference in uh, Madison at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And, and I went to part of the pre-conference, which was put on by a group Playful Learning. Um, so it was a whole bunch of like educators um, in the uh, in the uh, games in education space. So like everything from games that are used for um, for um, uh, schools to games on Steam, indie games, all that stuff. A whole bunch of like really really bright people. And the reason I went was you know not only to network and tell people about shows like this and then and and that kind of stuff but because you know i was told um by um elizabeth king who uh, helped to run this uh, conference um that there's really not a lot of diversity not only at the conference but discussed at the conference right and my thought was you know these are like some of the brightest minds in in gaming education these are the people that run these programs at universities and design programs for kids why wouldn't they be talking about diversity right right um and i at the very least i went in there thinking that they talked about it on a theoretical level but maybe didn't execute it on a practical level you you, you know because i've heard that a lot with um teaching in general is that people go to these you know you know schools like teachers college at columbia or upenn like these top rated schools and they talk about all this diversity from a theoretical point but then when you get into like a really bad high school it just all goes out the window so i thought that this might be more like that but they don't talk about it at all like as a in no no sessions no sessions like no one you know i I would like bring it up during like you know like the happy hours and stuff and like it would be like this oh well like tell me more this is cool i was like i've never really talked about this before it blew my mind do you feel that that is because you know you know we've come from fairly diverse places you know so one one we're black two we come from fairly diverse places you originating from uh philly uh i I believe if i'm not mistaken jersey uh jersey same thing oh my god north jersey son no i thought oh yeah that's right my bad i'm from new jerusalem palestine new jerusalem (laughs) wow killer bees on the swamp um So do you you know we come from diverse diverse places? Me from both from the East Coast. Um, do you think that's like a demographic or like a not a demographic but a you know location based issue? Is that something that's just like people not of color just not thinking about it, which we all know is usually the case? But also how how harder how much harder or more difficult is that since it's in Wisconsin? I don't think it's geographic because this is like an international conference, so there were people huh. there from all over the world. Um, and you know, I had dinner with a bunch of like people that work at um, in uh, New York and in Boston, and they were just like, "Yeah, it's just not something that we talk about." In that they need like the people there want the discussion, right? Or at least they gave me the impression that they did. Now they could have been just. <laughs> oh, Sharif, that's so lovely. Oh, Thank I, you so much. I love much. the chocolatey people. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no. Every, every every time 
I would talk about like Spawn on me. I would talk about I need diverse games. I would talk about like the black game dev stuff that like Brooklyn Gamery is, is like doing. And I would talk about Game Looks Good. I would mention like Ashana Gray's, like the Critical Game Lab, all the stuff that's in the little crew that, that uh, we roll with. And they were just all like, this is amazing. I had no idea that, that this was really being talked about. Um, mm. You know, and it was. Which is weird because they were all very familiar with Gamergate, right? Right. So my thought was, well, what do you think Gamergate was against? Like, they're against the political agenda of diversity, you know, being inserted into their games. Um, and they, and you would at least think that some of the Not Your Shield stuff that was so tied to that would have been in that mix, too. That They would have been pulling some of that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I just feel like, you know, us being sort of, I guess, on the ground level of this uh, gaming stuff, I feel like, you know, if you're studying it, you might be a little abstracted from actually what's going on. Um, I also think that the fact that the conference itself was not, you know, did not have a lot of racial diversity on it. It had a lot of gender diversity. I was... I was really impressed by that. It was actually probably mostly women, or at least very close to 50-50, um, which is why you would expect to see a lot more talk on gender diversity, but you didn't even really see that. Really? Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was almost like they were intentionally trying to avoid talking about it because they saw games as this egalitarian space where as long as you have the skills and the knowledge then you'll be fine um wow that's really what i kind of left um with that impression Um, that's interesting yeah Hmm. yeah and it's like funny because you know obviously you know we had the blackademic show right um Mm -hmm. and they talked about some of the same things about how like you know they feel like they feel very isolated at times when they go to these um academic events that are talking about like gaming and like new media and stuff and there's just not a lot of diversity and there's not a lot of diversity being talked about um so i think that you know um like like it was discussed on that blackademic show you know it's really media like this like game looks good like i need diverse games and stuff that we're really doing the conversation that they should be having you know, wow. and, and I think that, you know, we kind of own this conversation and own this space now. Yeah. Um, and what I'm trying to do with these groups is to, you know, kind of be that bridge between the stuff that we do here and the stuff that they do on the academic side and try to change some of these programs. Because, like, the instruction starts early. And if you're showing a bunch of game designers you know stuff and and like you don't start to integrate those messages messages in early you know they're gonna see it as an afterthought and like i don't really blame them for that because they weren't taught you know to consider that early on Um, i i mean i wonder too you know we again like we'll harken back to that black academic show and the conversations that kishana and trey andrea was were talking about were about how hard it is you know both of them kind of had carte blanche to do what they needed to do in that space i wonder even if you know the the folks who are coming into these or or this particular conference 
have that kind of leeway to kind of delve into you know not not easy waters you know what i mean like they're going home sometimes to very not diverse uh students so there's like i don't why should i have to why am i thinking about that thing when even the students aren't possibly asking for it so it's like there are a lot of a lot of conversations in there i wish i wish we had some of them on the show that would be a really interesting conversation to have yeah i've definitely been talking with them on uh gchat about that um and yeah i think they that you bring up a good point about presenting something that the students might not themselves be demanding because I think that goes into a lot that I've heard from friends of mine that are professors and my own girlfriend as well that kind of education has changed a bit since we've been in college Mm -hmm. Um, whereas now students are really seen more as consumers from the school's eyes meaning like they're paying for a service and they're always right because they're the customers Right. So there's this kind of mentality that you don't want to do something that could potentially scare off your consumers, right? Wow. So that a lot of programming and like this isn't a game. This is just education in, in general tends to be a little more dumbed down nowadays and not designed to really challenge a student's preconceived notions about the world or about you know politics or like things like that so that you so that there's a lot of pushback on talking about things like diversity because you know some rich white student might say well i'm going to take my money elsewhere you know Mm. and that that's seen as a negative as opposed to that student coming to the school like i'm coming because i want to be challenged Right, right. Is did in the conversations that you were having, did they talk a little bit about the curriculum that they were that they were teaching? Did they talk about yeah, you know, when you brought up the diversity aspects where they I mean, you said that they kind of just like, I've never thought about that before. Did they did they seem um open to the conversation? Did they seem like, you know, maybe they will take some of that back home with them and and maybe try to implement something or, or do they just not know how? I don't think they know how. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they recognize that it's important. I think some of them recognize that it's important. There were definitely some people that were like, no, you just need to know how to make games and and that's it. Um, I, I definitely got that from some people, albeit a minority of people. Right. Um, but yeah, I really think that they really do not know how to do it. Um, and mm-hmm. that's why I think that, you know, the kind of like the media that we're making can facilitate that conversation um, and give people ideas on where to go um, because we're just more tuned in on this stuff um, and that's a good thing yeah yeah I mean it's it's hopefully going to be something that you know again you, you hope the message is getting out there right you hope that the, the stuff that you're doing the, the media that you're sharing is being shared in all those spaces so uh, we have. It, it just tells me that we have a lot more work to do. That's 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 the the takeaway from from a lot of that. Um, yeah, one yep. of those things that we're gonna have to really buckle down and, and kind of force feed people some stuff because they're not ready yet. So yeah, it, it's just sad because it's 2015 and you know it should like 
I feel like this is the fight that we were fighting like 15, 20 years ago that diversity was important enough to get into regular undergrad curriculum. (laughs) Right. Like, it's just, it's just kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll hopefully have a version two of the Black Academic show because I think um, there were still a lot of a lot of conversations that were left on the table during that show. And I would like to open that up to to, to more people, um, not just um, academics of color, because I think um, with there was a great uh, article. No, so a great video that Tenahasi Coates put out uh, via PBS the other day. And there was a great takeaway from it that I kind of live my life by when it comes to racial discussions and the, the real discussions about what's happening in our lives is like to a certain extent, the people who don't get it, we're not trying to basically pull you to our side. Like, right. here are the facts. You're an adult. Do it. Do what you will with those facts and understand that those facts aren't going anywhere. That's history. And that's, you know, we shouldn't have to handhold people down that road. So, yeah. Um, word. Um, we're going to we're going to boogie into our next track. Uh, we're going to continue uh, with WSOM Radio Bracago, uh on our on our 70th episode. Uh, I mean, I mean, what's what's the calling number if uh, people want to give us shout outs? Oh, so if you want to call into the show, it's one eight hundred bro. That's Kaguya. enough digits. Yeah, One eight hundred bro with a bunch of periods. Bro, periods. Um, word. Uh, so what's what's the next song that we're we're, we're about to get into, Reed? Yo, man, the next song that we are getting into is by my man, Large Professor. You know what I'm saying? He just word. dropped a uh, new album and got a dope song called "In the Scrolls" with G Wiz. Check it out, old man, hip hop. Rules. You 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 are listening to Radio Bricada. S O M. Before 1994, a new chapter was added. The rap world became reborn through Illmatic. Sun, moon, and stars aligned, and our minds were taken for one hell of a wild ride. Queensbridge, where stars are born. On the map, Marley Mall put me on. I was able to return the favor for his neighbor. Chronicles of bullets caught up in chambers. Blessed chicks, fresh kicks, new cars. Now being re-manifested through NARS. 40 side poets supreme, like water flowing through a ravine. Uh-huh. The chosen one who will redeem the Q-Barrel. The D's in the blue Camaro. Through the railroad tracks, these tunes barrel. New paths for the dudes on the ass. Salute that man anytime you move Nobody past. Nobody does it better than us. Nobody does it better than us. Nobody does it better than I. Nobody does it better than I. I can at the door like, come on, nigga, what you waiting for? I got a meeting set up, car can't and Warner Brothers straight out of QB. In train, seven train, on the other side of the lane, my nigga Kareem, extra beat, holding that heat out in Colin. And then my nigga now spit the pain, the world noticed, but still shit was trill though. Uh-huh. 
On the train spitting the turkey and cheese hero My nigga Bo, but yo, y'all never heard when it fell The best rap I ever heard, now I say for real Although he lost it on the train before he got a deal If any rapper heard it today, you had the nil It's like that, my nigga kept y'all niggas on your toes Hooks, styles, and flows, and killer shows Then, it was the birth of money, hoes, and clothes Zellmatic, it was written in the scrolls Nobody does it better than I Nobody does it better than I Nobody does it better than I. Nobody does it better than I. Hello? Yo, hello? Yeah, what would you like to hear? Yeah, I want to hear that Illmatic shit. Okay. New York State of mind, life's a bitch. Okay. The world is yours, one love. Just play me all of that right there. All right, yeah. you got it. That was Large Professor Extra P with In the Scrolls featuring G-Wiz off that new album, uh, which is called Reliving. Um, and yeah, I've always been a fan of a Large Pro, man. Ever since Main Source, like he's done beats for, you know, almost every East Coast rapper, especially the ones out of Queens. And um, mm. yeah, he's, he's just always been dope. And, uh, you know, I know that like we, we were like remarking before the show like man like large pro look old man (laughs) yo he looks so old it makes me feel old he is an old man you know like i love hearing stuff from people like kim and like chuck d and these folks Mm -hmm. that you know i mean obviously they're not gonna be you know have the number one billboard hits anymore but they just got that kind of just that experience and like just like that veteranship that you can hear Mm-hmm. in their lines when like they know like yo I, I, I can just spit the truth because I, I'm not worried about trying to get numbers on it you know yeah if you ever want me to lose my mind at a party you will throw on looking at the front door I will lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that song is so dope I mean and, and like that's the kind of song I like that song because that's the kind of song I can like play for somebody that doesn't know anything about hip-hop even if they don't know like the original source um like the sample and stuff they will still enjoy it and like you know it's a very simple story that's relatable you know and yeah it's dope yeah i love i love me some large professor man that whole crew was dope faking the funk and oh man so many good joints um uh yeah so we've been playing some stuff this week uh over the past couple weeks um i know that i have been digging into a whole bunch of things uh but i want to hear what what you've been playing this week man so we talked about arkham knight um Mm -hmm. but we could talk some more about arkham knight yeah um as i said my girlfriend was out so i spent 55 hours (laughs) um (laughs) literally uh because steam keeps my uh thing uh, playing, beating ninety seven percent of Arkham Knight. Damn. Um, so wait, did you do a lot of the Riddler stuff too? That's why I'm at ninety seven percent because Damn. I think they overdo the Riddler stuff in all the Arkham games. 
Um, it tends to be sort of a collectathon, which I don't know. I get tired of really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the other side missions though; they're all really fun, and like they're all tied to, to like a major villain, and they kind of, um, you know, they like enhance being Batman. But to me, being Batman is not looking for question mark trophies right. um, around the uh, city. But um, yeah, man, I love this game. And uh, and uh, yes, I, I I did say Steam, meaning I did play the PC version. <laughs> he made it. Um, he made it out alive with the PC version. You know, I got a great deal um, where I got Batman and the season pass for like thirty dollars. What? Um, which is the reason why I got it because, like Ka, well, like Ka was was a little. I mean, I was excited for it, but I wasn't going to get it day one. Right. Um, because I was just like, yo, like, like they did three of these games. Like, I don't really know if the Batmobile really adds that much more to it, you mm. know. Um, but man, I was I was very very happy with how this game turned out. Um, yeah. There's been some kind of divisive feelings about the Batmobile. My whole take on it is that first of all, it takes a lot of great design skill to design a a um a gaming world that can that looks great and can be navigated by foot flying or driving like that's hard to do right you know so from a technical level i really appreciated that um and i also just love the like i mainly use the batmobile just to launch myself in the air <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's cool. Like it made me feel right. like such Batman, where literally, literally, I never used those bridges between the like islands. I would drive a road, just veer off into a gate, and just pop out the Batmobile, fly over the water, and then <laughs> land back in it on the other side. Like there's so many moments where like I would just do it and just be like, I'm Batman. <laughs> You know, um, I feel like this game more than others really captured that Batman moment, especially because they really, you know, they were really smart by letting you upgrade how high you can launch yourself in the air off of a grapple and out of the Batmobile. So Mm. you're literally flying in this game. I mean, you are just launching yourself and flying through this huge area, which, you know, like they said, is, you know, about five times the size of Arkham City. Um, it's really, really good. Um, and I'll tell you the thing that really elevated this game for me was the story. Mm. Um, and I please do not read anything. If you have any intentions on playing this game, do not read anything about the story. Not one bit because this story, this is a graphic novel. Really? This feel like this is a graphic novel. Wow. The other games were great, but the, at least for me, they were great more on the action and the combat than the story. Wow. This game, Rocksteady, they put their foot in this one, man. The story really? is so good. And, wow. and And I've never said that about one of the Arkham games. Like, I was more talking about the combat system. Right. And the fact that all the villains are there. But at this point, the fourth game is like, all right, I already know what the combat system is. They did add some dope stuff to the combat system, but, you know, it's still the core it, it is the same. So, right. the, so the main differences are the Batmobile and the story. Right. It is incredible story. Damn it. 
I, I'm, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow because I talked a little bit of shit against Batman and I was like, Rocksteady's going to do, I was like, I was happy Rocksteady was about to jump in back, uh, back into it, but I was also looking at the early gameplay vids and I was like, this looks exactly like everything I've already played before. It looks slower in the video than it actually does when you actually play it. Um, and I was not excited, but the first scene of the game that I'm not going to spoil because I honestly feel it is one of the best, coolest ways to, to pull you into a story that I've seen in a long time. I'm re- I was really excited. Like, I kind of sat there for a minute and was like, oh, shit, they just did that. That's dope. Um yeah, it's I, I'm I'm way early in the story. I'm I'm not that far in, but it's like the gadgets that that they've pulled in are fairly the same so far, but they do feel a little bit different because you're not relying on them as much. You are doing a lot of flying around. You are doing a lot of like using using your weapons to kind of move and traverse the space. The Batmobile is actually really interesting because I think you made a great point about design in that way where design has made it so that you can be in both a driving maneuverability kind of space and you can also be in this like dual uh purpose uh kind of space where you can turn your your batmobile into the strafing tank basically and the strafing tank parts are kind of awesome because they make you uh, maneuver around the space in a different way and it makes you use the batmobile in a different way and i like the fact that you can like hey boy like if it was a dog, your Batmobile, <laughs> you can like do the whistle. You're like, "Hey, Lassie!" And then the Batmobile comes through and it like busts through people and knocks people down and like does stuff. And and you can use the Batmobile as a weapon. That joint is dope. Yes, you can. That joint is so dope. I was like, "What are you talking about?" So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. There's already things I'm seeing in it that I find that I'm like, "You you guys did a really good job." I'm I'm excited. We I talked to. Um, the heads of Rocksteady at E3. Um, so I'm hoping everyone cross your fingers in Bracago that we'll be able to have them on and talk about the game at some point. Because I think there's a lot of like th- like this Batman game is going to be one that there's going to be a lot of post mortem kind of good things to chew on as far as like why they did what they did, how they kind of figured out some of the the tactical things that they figured out and the technical parts of, of that game. We probably will not be talking about the PC version when they come on this show. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think they did a phenomenal job so far. I'm super early in, but it, it's really dope. Yeah, and, and just as a caveat on that PC side, um, you know, I had to spend about an hour hacking one of the files, the uh, I and I, uh, which has all the system settings. There's numerous guides from people that say, this is how you get Batman running at 60 frames a second, but you pretty much can't do it at 1080p. And on the PC side, 1080-60 is kind of like the minimum if you have a gaming rig. Right. So this, so I basically had to set everything to low. Wow. And 720p, and but I can get it at 60 at that. It still looks great, which right. is kind of a testament to the game. Um, but that's how I was able to run it on the PC. Um, and I can, um, you know, if like anybody wants to know exactly where I got that guide, it's on the Steam forums, but I can I can share it with the people. But th- th- the, yeah, send me a link. We'll put it in the show notes, too. Yeah. But 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 the fact that I had to do that is atrocious. Right. It is right. atrocious. Like I, right. I 
I, like if I didn't get this game for so cheap, like I would be really upset, and, and I probably would have gotten like a refund um, mm. from uh, Steam. I mean, it, I would also really like to see what the numbers were of that, like how, because that was a thing that just happened fairly recently. So I would love to know, you know, how many people traded in their Batman uh, games for their for their or got a refund uh, because of a broken copy of it like that, because. You don't expect those games to come out that broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the other thing is that, you know, that awesome Batgirl DLC that we talked mm-hmm. about, not announced for PC yet. Really? Nope. Ooh. Okay. So people that got the season pass, like like me, uh, won't be getting that content because they still need to fix the PC version because they're currently not selling it because they withdrew sales. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It is a mess on the PC. It's an absolute mess. That's cr- I mean, yeah, I've heard all the, the horror stories about what's actually happened to that version. And it feels like they they supposedly got some of it fixed a little bit. But I haven't seen one. I, I saw a patch, but it didn't do much for my system until I spent, as I said, so much time hacking this file, which I totally should not have to do. Right. Like I haven't had to hack a file for a game to run in like probably a decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous absolutely wow. ridiculous so wow um and like i feel bad because i really feel like iron galaxy who you know was the developer and they've yeah. done a number of pc ports which have been awesome mm-hmm. including arkham origins um you, you know on the pc which i like ran really well um so i i don't know what it was my guess if i had to guess is that they were telling Warner Brothers, like, yo, this is buggy. We can't make this date. And Warner Brothers was like, we're going to make this date. Give us the code. We're not going to look at it. We're going to publish it. To shut, I mean, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. To, like, shut these PC gamers up. But. I think that's a... I think, well, so, I again, some of that stuff happened during E3. I had a really good conversation with... Um, uh, let's see. I'm not gonna say who, because it was a secret Ooh, mystery. But uh, they had done a port of a really popular game not too recently, and it came out and was a little bit buggy. Um, and people in that community re- were really upset. And the conversation that I had was like, I know that you guys do good work. I know that the work that you've done over the you know length of time that you've been in the industry has been fairly good. What is the what is the conversation about when it comes to these things? And he, he kind of echoed the same thing you just said. It's like publishers don't give a fuck. Sometimes they just want the game out and that game being out. They don't care if it's buggy. They're like, it needs to match. And all the the the, the skews need to be out at the same time. So you need to make that code ready and, and put it in a package and make sure it's out. If not, you're not getting your dough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and there was even more pressure here because Arkham Knight was already delayed once. Right. 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 I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing that, you know, y- consumers shouldn't have to have that internal conversation. It's not necessary, but I think if we're thinking about the games that we all play and just how difficult it is to make a game, I, I, would, I would hope that folks would have a little bit more grace. I know that that's not real. I know that that's not going to happen mostly. I'm a little bit close to it, closer than I was even a year ago. 
uh, just because now I actually know developers and I'm like, oh, you bust your ass to get this stuff out. And if it's buggy, you know, some of that is your fault, but some of it's not. Um, I, it's, it's a it's a weird it's a weird line. It's a weird line. You know, as a consumer, you're just like, fuck it. Your, your shit is broken. But as a human being, you're like you poured hours upon hours into that thing. And then the publisher was like, rush it. So it's a it's a it's a very difficult kind of line to tell. Uh, what, what other games have you been playing? Um, so I've been playing Arkham Knight. No, no, just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I played through her story. Nice. Um, which is a really cool little indie game, which is on Steam. I believe it's also on Itch.io, I think, and, uh, and like you can get it also just a DRM-free version on the PC. Um, it's an awesome game um, where it's basically you in front of a computer and you're a detective, and there's all these like videos of a uh, deposition given by a woman who's be- who is investigating the murder of her husband. So there's these sh- short short little clips that are taken from, you know, a, a, a couple of really long interviews and you sort of have to use this search engine to search for the right clips. And so like the cool thing is like you search and then you watch a clip and then she might mention a name or a location or like even a phrase which I gives you a clue to search for that phrase and it brings up even more clips the weird thing about this game is it's really hard to explain it and make it sound fun <laughs> like, it is. like like and it's really hard to stream or watch video like mm-hmm. you really have to play it right and it's not going to be for everyone um, but it's just hard to convey how good it is because it's essentially a full motion video game that depends mm-hmm. all on this one actress um, who is you know basically the only person that you talk to um, so you know there's no action there's no like you know anything like that so if it's not your speed I can understand but you know if you have kind of a open mind to a game like this it's really well done um, the story is like good the execution of the acting you know it's not perfect but definitely believable if, if if you think of the actress as a person that you know is being talking about her husband that was killed right so right. she's not going to be like a perfect witness um and yeah just just one of those quirky little games that i'm glad someone made because you know it's not something that's ever gonna sell a million units or you know be like you know super popular but somebody still made it and like you can tell it's a labor of love um and i would definitely definitely recommend it to anyone that likes quirky games yeah i'm i'm pulling my best unconsolable uh version while i'm playing this i'm playing it on ios which which is interesting because i bought it on pc i bought it on well i bought it on mac and then i bought it um again because we were going to have this conversation on the show and i was like damn it i haven't played through it through all of it i'm still not finished but i but i've started replaying it again on ios and interestingly enough it's a really great phone game wow i wouldn't have expected that yeah it's really fun on the phone because it's just like the video works you know the same way that the, the that it works on uh on your desktop or your laptop um, and I, I kind of love the aesthetic where they make it look like an old CRT screen where it's like has the scan lines and it has like the, the kind of like wrapped around warped perspective, mm-hmm. um, which I which I love. 
Um, but it's but it feels fairly good as an iPhone game. I'm not sure if it's on on um, uh, if it's on. Yeah, I don't think Android. it's on Android. I think it's only iOS at this point. Yeah, I, I I think that it's one of those things that you know you have to kind of again you have to kind of experience it. What it what it what it makes me think about actually is if there is a comparison, it's um, if you remember the demo that came out prior to Heavy Rain coming out, there was this one demo of this woman who was uh, being filmed in her in in a in a um, audition room and then it's transferred from an audition room to uh, her being in a kitchen and having this really mm. emotional moment um, it, it's that but it's with a real actress as opposed to a CGI one so it's 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 a lot it's I don't know it's hard again it is one of those like murder mystery kind of deals but you know the thing I like about it is they should call it active listening the game it's like <laughs> It's like, did you catch that one part of that conversation that might lead to another clue? Or was there a part of the conversation? Or even small inflections in the way that she delivers a line that are yeah. like, oh, that name, I should tag that name for later. Yeah. Um, or or that, that part of that conversation was a new name that I hadn't heard before. I should tag that. So the tagging system is kind of important. So it's like it lets you organize kind of what you would want to go back to or there are parts mm-hmm. of the, the conversation that you might have missed um, because the it gives you a number of how many things have that word in it how many videos have that word in it but you can only see five at a time Yeah. so you have to go back through it and remember if there were any other small tidbits of things that you should recall or, or, or pull so it's really really good yeah i like it a lot yeah and like one of my favorite things about it is not only is it the names and phrases but you might watch a clip and a certain word might not get your attention but then you start hearing that word over multiple videos right and it might be a word that you know means nothing but because you hear a pattern that might say oh i should just search for this and then that brings up an entirely new set of clips that you would have never found before i mean it's Mm -hmm. like this is one of the few games that you know this game says you're gonna be a detective and you feel like a detective in this game Mm -hmm. and that is really that's like an a plus knockout of the park for any game because like so many games are like you know like a look at arkham knight it's like be the batman you know every game is like you need to be this character we're gonna make you in this character and very few of them hit the mark like her story did in in a few hours right right um you are that character you feel it you're like i was taking notes while i was playing the game mm-hmm. i mean i mean <laughs> Me like too. it's so immersive and, and i think that that's a really big achievement that i think i hope that you know a lot of studios look at and really take in like some of those lessons about this is how you immerse you know a person into your world yep when when i heard the first name and i was like ooh, okay that's something i need to be paying attention to i need to remember that i was taking notes too i had like <laughs> i would like go in and like swap apps to the notes app and then write something and then swap back to the <laughs> nice. to the game um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping that more games like this exist. I hope that more 
experiences like this come up. Um, I've also been playing some more. I've been playing a lot of phone games. Uh, honestly, I've been playing Prism Shell from our home nice. homie Cat Small and the rest of the Brooklyn Gamery, uh, which is um, uh, kind of you know grid not grid based but kind of a little bit of a grid based shooter you like you're on a pivot your ship is flying around these spaces and collecting power-ups and shooting aliens um but i've also been playing uh Politeer from uh whitaker trabella uh who one it, it was interesting i tweeted this out a little like during the week that i was playing stuff and um i was like oh shit there are two games with black women protagonists that you can play on iOS. That's pretty awesome. That is like, pretty awesome. And, and it's dope because I remember, and I forgot because like Whitaker and I, we met up um, at GDC, the week of GDC. Um, we had followed each other a while ago. He made uh, Pivot as well. Uh, another really uh, high, highly ranked, highly reviewed uh, iTunes game, uh, iPad, uh, I, iPhone game, iOS game. Jeez, um, I that went down everything. OS, Apple TV, <laughs> Apple's pears, uh, Apple pears, bacon bits game. <laughs> um, and uh, he he showed me like a prototype, and I'm hopefully because he, he was like, yeah, you know, one day hopefully I'll be able to be on the show, which we should definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed me a prototype, and it wasn't wasn't done yet, but that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, that's dope. You made a black woman protagonist because he is not a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. He's a white dude, and he made a he made a game with a white a black uh, woman protagonist. Yeah. So the first thing I did is you get to name her. And I named her what I name every female character that I that I play because I usually play nothing but female characters, and I called her Ushani, and then I started my Palatiri, and it's dope because it's like, Quop, but we're <laughs> on an iPhone game. It's and it's 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 really fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's really interesting. The mechanics are super simple again, but it's like a lot of fun, and so is Prism Shell. Prism Shell is hard. It. Oh. It is very hard, which is which, hard. Which is like kind of why I was uh, telling them when I talked to them on uh, the Fresh Out of Tokens podcast that initially when you searched for the game on iOS, the graphic that you got was the game over screen. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny because I was like, yep, that sounds uh, like that game to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would have to be remiss if I didn't actually name the studio. It's called Fixed Point Productions. Uh, so that's that's Pilotier, Pilotier coming out of that group. So dopeness, dopeness, dopeness. So shout out to you, Whitaker. Shout out to you, Cat, and, and Brooklyn Gamery for that. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so another game I've been playing um, is Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, so you know this game's been out for oh man I guess a, a, a little over a month now. Um, as I said before, there's been a ton of DLC for it, all of which has been free, which is awesome. Um, so now the game is really getting even more fleshed out. Um, and one of the great things that um, they added was sort of this uh, mode that is very similar to the Team Fortress 2 mode, where like you have to you know mi- you know send a bomb over to the other team's uh, base, basically. Um, there's a basically like a big platform, and you have to stand on it. And when you stand on it, that moves the platform to the other team's side. Um, and, and, of course, they can kill you and, like, jump on it and stuff. And the object is to, you know, get that platform over to the other team's base. Um, so it's really strategic. 
Um, and I like it because, you know, it, you don't have to be standing on the platform to like contribute to the victory. I mean, like you can like be on the sidelines and like a help out there. Um, so it's very interesting. I like the way that, that Nintendo is not making every single, um, every single mode just about covering the whole area in paint. I mean, I think that that is like their, you know, main mode is like still that and like it like works well. But the fact that they're experimenting a bit with the game modes, it just, it just makes you think like, I wonder if Nintendo like hired people that actually have worked on first-person shooters because hmm. internally, I mean, they have no experience with it, right? So unless they just read a bunch of stuff and, you know, and, and like whatever, I really wonder if they, you know, either poach some people from some other places or just hire some people because they've been really... Um, impressive with how they've been marketing and you know just like uh, the like kind of mods and the gear that has like attributes on it and leveling up and all that stuff is just kind of almost brand new to them in this kind of game so um, yeah I've, I've been really happy really happy with the game um, though I have not played a lot of the rank play because I get destroyed as in most online games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, a lot, it's just a lot of fun. I just hope to God that like Nintendo doesn't like forget about this franchise. Like they have with some other big ones that they've had like F-Zero and stuff where like people really love the game and then they just sit on it for, you know, 10 years because they just want to churn out like Mario games and stuff. So I hope that they continue to develop this franchise. Um, and yeah, it's, it's uh, really good. And, and like, there's supposed to be a big update in um, August that's like going to have even more like free maps and game modes and uh, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. That's dope. I mean, it's it feels like of all the games that people talk about right now of being Nintendo excited, Splatoon seems like it's like grabbed the the, the mind share of a lot of people. Like people say, you know, this is the best game on the Wii. This is the best game that they've put out for a long time. Um, it seems like everyone is kind of riding for them to kind of finally get their good their their massive good game on their platform. And it seems like Splatoon is it. It feels like a lot of things came together on this. Yeah, it's it's the only Wii U game. Where I think even people that didn't really like it said, well, I respect that it's a good game, you know, like, you know, like when like I listen to a lot of the gaming podcasts that, you know, typically don't talk that positively about like, like the stuff that um, Nintendo does, you know, I haven't heard them talking about Splatoon, which is, you know, pretty interesting. So I think, yeah, that this might be the first game on the console I don't think it's the best game. I think Mario Kart and, you know, and those games are still better. But this might be the first game that I've seen kind of grab that um, gaming zeitgeist, I guess, as you say, mm-hmm. and really be talk, talked about extensively outside of the typical, like, Nintendo fan site. So, so yeah, it's 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 been good. I mean, like, they, they took a big gamble on, you know, on a... Uh, on a uh, type of game that they've never made before and you know mm-hmm. and, and i know that they announced that they sold over a million units in like the first couple of weeks which is huge for them um so yeah i, I uh, 
on a, on a one hand, I hope they don't forget about it. On the other hand, I, I hope they don't milk this thing to death. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, I I, I think it's a it's a success definitely, and yeah. uh, I definitely hope that a lot of people get to at least try it out because it's really fun. Yeah, that, that that was one of the first games when I was like, oh shit, am I gonna have to go buy a Wii U for this? And I feel like I want to, but I'm also just like, eh, I don't know, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't buy a Wii U for this unless you like the other games. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's definitely not a one game that you're gonna be like, wow, this is totally worth it. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that it's going to be one of those things that um, that they can build upon. Like, I think that, you know, there's a lot of conversations about um, what Nintendo can do in the meanwhile to kind of push themselves forward and uh, kind of get that mind share again that they've been trying to pull because they lost it for a bit. But it also feels like right now, you know, people are splatoon crazy. Is it? Do they do any Amiibo stuff with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they actually integrated the Amiibo probably better than any other game has so far. Um, so the Amiibo basically unlocks specific challenges in the game. So like there's a single player mode, which is actually really good. Um, and the Amiibo will unlock modes that like say, you know, like clear the stage using only this weapon. And it's usually a weapon that's, that's, uh, that's like typically really bad for that stage <laughs> um, right so it's like really challenging um, but if you if you beat them you let you, you you like basically unlock new gear with like new attributes and like all that kind of stuff I mean the game is actually pretty similar to believe it or not games like destiny where like you're constantly kind of switching out gear depend, mm-hmm. depending on the level and like the like weapons that like the other players have um, because it's all kind of attributes that like apply to like your weapons to your swimming to your respawn time all that kind of stuff um, right. so like you basically unlock all these challenges and the challenges are really hard and really like rewarding so I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a major franchise that that Nintendo drops that's not going to have like Amiibo with it it's just a gold mine yeah for them so much money um yeah i'm kind of glad you 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 just kind of talked about destiny because like right before we get up get up out of here for episode 70 i have a couple of quick destiny stories to talk about so i have been playing the uh prisoner of elders if you don't know what that is that is a new mode basically where you have an arena shooter in destiny so you go in you go in with with two other folks uh there's some uh uh like rewards that you'll get at the end of it uh depending upon the level different stuff so the hardest one is at level 35 the 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 cap right now is at level 34 um so myself another gentleman and again vicious 696 paris from uh gamertag radio we have been like yo we're going to get this last 35 mission. There's a dude named Skolas at the end of it who right now versus me in Paris is 2-0 and versus <laughs> versus us. 
So basically, for the past two days, we've been up for at least six hours trying to beat this goddamn Skolas, wow. and it is not working. We've done. I had Paris look up, like he was looking up strats at not, like nine thirty at night on YouTube, trying to figure out ways that we could beat this damn thing because it was ridiculous and we were getting our asses kicked. Wow. So we had that happen, and then. We're running through it. We're like almost beating it, and we get our asses kicked. We're talking a whole bunch of crap in the in the party and talking a whole bunch of stuff. And then at like eleven thirty at night, no, not even. It was like almost one one o'clock in the morning at this point. We all have to go to work the next day. I see this random tweet from Paris talking about, "Yo, if anybody out there is a level thirty four <laughs> Titan, please join." Help! Oh, I want to join, man. H A L P. Help! So I'm looking at Twitter, and I read this out loud, and I just start dying. Oh, so it's man. like he, it, it was man. It's been it's been a funny 48 hours. We've all been loopy. We had to kick people out of the room because people would jump in from there's this there's this website. So if you don't have friends or if you don't have people in your life that you can play with, you, know you can no basically, one. yeah, right. So it's like if you don't have people to run with, you can go to the site. It's called lfg.com, and you can then you know put yourself up there on the auction block, and people will kind of like pull you know send you a message and, and pull you and snag you in. So this random dude came in last night, and he was uh, a level 30, 33. Now mind you. It's not like you can't play at that level. It's just that you it gets really hard. It's two levels huh? below. Yeah, it's and there's a discrepancy. Right, and there's a big discrepancy between how much damage you can actually do when you're at that level. So <laughs> he jumps in the room, and Paris sees what he so he sees his gear. He's like, "Nah, son. <laughs> Yo, we can't. Nah, 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 we can't. We can't play with this dude. We we did the most grimy, dirtiest move." We jump out of the room, leave that dude in there, leave the party, and bounced on him. And I, and, I, and I said to Paris, I said, you are so fucking ice cold. You are ice cold. And I sent a tweet, and I was like, no galley, no peace. No Galahorn, no peace. Which is like the strongest rocket rocket launcher in the game. Everybody wants one. Because it does the most damage and also the craziness. So, weirdly, I have been pulled back into the Destiny fold. It's scary as hell that that's a thing. Um, and I'm probably, after this recording, I'm going to play some more because I'm an idiot. I'm just saying, so, I, I have a level 34 Titan. Yo, um, we might we might need to pull you in. And I got the helm of uh, Saint Fourteen. Uh, that might that might need to, to be the real I, deal right I, there. I have, low, I, have a, I have a leveled up Red Death. I know people that don't play Destiny have no idea what the hell we're talking about right now. Yeah, if you if you don't play <laughs> Destiny, there is a lot of jargony things that are just happening right now. But for the people who do understand, that's real. Yeah. And I guess to a certain extent. Yeah, I've I've never attempted the level thirty-five uh, Skolas uh, thing, but it's I I have read about like sort of uh, you know some of the what happens during it, and it seems insane. Mm-hmm. But it's I, weird. But I like that though, right? Because you know Bungie, you know. So for those that don't know, 
Um, for the previous pieces of like DLC, there would be a raid, which is basically like a multi-hour sort of story-based um, thing that you go that you go through in like a team of six, and that was kind of the end game content. It, it, it was really difficult, and you kind of had to know what happens um, to be able to uh, to uh, to uh, survive. Mm-hmm. This time, this this prisoner of like elders is the uh, is, is the end game for like PVE, so like for like a single player stuff. So it should be kind of crazy. Yeah. And it sounds like they succeeded with that. Like, it, like I, I've just seen tweets and like Facebooks from a lot of people like, "Damn it, I cannot beat this guy," <laughs> you know. Which is funny because they, they kind of patched some of the stuff to technically make it a little easier. Like, right. like they made the the um, ads like the other enemies come out at scheduled times as opposed to random times. Mm-hmm. But that's I, I haven't heard that that's really helped people out a lot. Like they're kind of like it's still super difficult. You know? Let me just say that Destiny right now has made my 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 ability to make new compound cuss words <laughs> amazing. Because I've I've I haven't thrown a controller yet, but I have said words that don't really go together. <laughs> that are curse words that don't really connect but that's that's what that's what it is and it's it's going to be rewarding hopefully once once you do it because then you'll just say you did it and then you know how to do it and then that's it but yeah this this is the part of their one year content at the end of it where they're trying to reward people for kind of sticking through the 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 destiny beta as we call it yeah i i have to find all the golden chests man i have like a couple that i never found i was like same here i was like what (laughs) yeah i was like damn it anyway Word. So we're about to get up out of here. Um, thank you to everyone if you listened through that Destiny try, <laughs> Destiny nonsense that I had Destiny to spit. Gasm. Destiny gasm. Destiny gasm. That was a terrible noise. Yeah, I'm trying to um, forget that noise. So keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, so we're about to get up out of here. Uh, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. If you would love to share your social media business with everyone, I would love for you to do so. Yo, SharifJackson.com. <laughs> S as in Sam, H-A-R-E-E-F as in Frank Jackson. That's my Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus uh, names. And also, if you go to SharifJackson.com, you will find my science blog, Science Looks Good. You will find my gaming and diversity YouTube series, Gaming Looks Good, and you will find my podcast, Operation Cubicle, which I co-host with J.P. Fairfield, as well as a list of different podcast episodes that I've guested on for a variety of other podcasts. So um, check it out. Word, word, and word. Um, you can find all our stuff on ESN.FM. Wow. I almost forgot. <laughs> yes, in the FM slash spawn on me. Uh, spawn on dot me is our home. That's where our site lies. You'll hear some, uh, you'll see some, some info about the um, Patreon stuff on the site um, sometime during this week. The end of, well, you'll hear it next week. It'll be there. You'll see it on Twitter and all that good stuff. So you can follow us at spawn on me. Follow me at Kajakins. You can follow Stubby at Stubby Stan. Uh, you can follow Dan at Dan the Robot. You can follow me to the club. There we go. And there we dance there. And there we dance there. Oh, yeah. So what, that's all the places you can find happen? us. What's that? You can find us in the club. 
<laughs> you can find us in the club. Bottle full of bub. Bottle full of bub. <laughs> Work. So, again, hit us up on the site. Uh, let us know. Subscribe to our newsletter we have over there. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other good places you can find us. Share the show as much as possible. Um, and word, we're going to get up out of here. This is episode 70 of the Spawn of Me podcast. This is the Shaka episode. Shaka. I want to call it Shaka Zulu. I'm going to do it. That's what I'm going to do. It. Dude. Do it. I'm going to do it. Don't scare do off it. people, but do it. Do it. Word. So we're going to leave you with one last song uh, before we get up out of here. This is Sergio Mendez featuring the Black Eyed Peas with Maske Nada. We're going to get up out of here. Thank you. Bacago for listening. Watch Twilight. Mad love. Oh God! How can you ruin an amazing moment with Watch Twilight? You're a terrible soul. And we say peace. 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 Like a sign, penetrating through your body armor. Rhythmically, we massage with hip hop mixed up with some. What's up? So, yes, yes, y'all. You know, we never stop, we never rest, y'all. The black of these will keep the funky fresh, y'all. And we won't stop until we get y'all. Till we get y'all, say it. This crazy occupation, gotta keep it moving. That's the motivation. Gotta ride the waves and keep a tight relation with my team. Keep it moving and doing it right. I've been alive every day till daylight. That's the way things move in this monkey business. We took an old from a song and remixed it.